Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. Father, thank you that you're here. And we ask in these few moments together that we share in this way as your family, as your children, that you'd bless us, encourage us, and help us. Would you help me as I share this word? And would you give us all a sense of it's being good to be together with our Father and our God this morning? So would you bless this word, we pray, together in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would I be correct in saying that, generally speaking, most of us have been brought up fairly conservatively? Like, I mean, when you go to the lolly jar, you don't hog them all for yourself, right? Bunch of reformed sinners. Anybody flog the lollies from the lolly jar? I cannot get a single hand here. Come on, Charlotte. Sure. Way. <laughs> but when we were kids, we were told, share and don't be greedy. Is that right? This is going to go really well this morning, I can see. We're on track for a good time. We were brought up kind of conservatively, even though we wanted to have a lot of good things. I, you know the drill. Uh, so we get to know Jesus, and it's like, I'll be careful what I ask about. Yeah? It's so kind of entrenched deeply in our lives that we know it's so good to be saved. But I'm a little bit hesitant as I push into God, as I as my friend Steve Ingram from WA says, as I lean into God, I'm sometimes a little bit reticent to really push deeply into what I want. Yeah? So we get to know Jesus. And we get to learn to pray. Well, we actually... Still learning, yeah? But sometimes we stop short of really asking. As much as possible this morning, could, could I ask you and for all of us to do something for, for one another and for ourselves? Can we, can we just ask God to clear our minds for a moment or two and think what it would be for us to really ask God for what we think we want for Hills Baptist right across the board, for Hills Baptist Loverthor. And can I just put a bit of a finer point on that? Can we really think to clear our minds, what would we really ask God for our families right now? Right now. What do you really want to see happen in the life of your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and might I say the ones further down the track that will be coming along, the Lord not coming back tomorrow because we don't know how many more generations that will be. 
And what about the miracles we actually need from God for, for a dreadfully sick world right now, for society and community, a community that is act, actually desperate for our Saviour, Jesus? Now, I'm glad that Charlton read that genealogy to us. I was looking forward to Charlton having a go at that because the last time we read a Bible reading here was kind of, I've never forgotten it. It was fantastic. How many of you like reading genealogies when you come to the Bible or do you just flip the page? How many flippers? That's about 100% of you. No, not quite. That's about, and how many sort of dig your way through? How many of you are glad that Charlton read the names and you didn't have to do that? All those names. Oh, man. And you think, what is all this stuff in the Bible? But, you know, it's interesting. Every now and again you come across a little gem. Now, I came across this years ago, but I do acknowledge a, a few friends. There was a bloke, John Fielder, used to be the general superintendent of uh, South Aussie Baptist. Barry Manuel, a friend of mine. Old Charles Haddon Spurgeon's got a sermon on this. And then there's a guy called Bruce Wilkinson who made the prayer of Jabez very famous a number of years ago. It was huge at the time. And I've I've noticed that there's also a resurgence now in genealogy. How many of you tune into the where did you come from kind of programs? And it's interesting just to go back through the family line. So how does Jabez, that's how you say it, born so long ago, how does he help us? How does this man, recorded in a bit of an obscure Jewish genealogy, how does he help us here at Hills Baptist Lobethal go forward today? I'm asking that question and you might be as well. So, she called him Jabez. Let me introduce him. His name is Pain. Hello. Did you hear what I said? In the Hebrew, his name sounds something like Pain. Evidently, his his mother had a difficult labour, difficult birth. And it stuck with her so badly she called her little bub pain. Oh dear. Parents call their children whatever they want, I suppose. You've got to be careful in choosing names. We call people a pain. And we usually add a few descriptive words as well. But she chose pain because she gave birth to him in pain. There's been a few husbands that have been reminded of that situation over the years. Such a cruel name. Such a handicap to carry with you for the length of your days. Why would anybody want to put on a kid the name pain? How would you like to be called misery? Nobody wants a name called misery. We know people do get miserable, but you wouldn't want to be called miserable. You wouldn't be called pain every day. Can you imagine what was going on at tea time? Time for tea, pain. Horrible. Horrible. Imagine what that would feel like day after day. Now, according to the Bible, Jabez got through that handicap. 
And we'll come back a little bit to that in a moment or two. Jabez, according to the Bible, was more honourable than his brothers. More honourable. Kind of, the word is kind of more weighty. He carried some, something with him. In fact, it stood out from his life so much that that's what is recorded in the genealogy about him. The rest is just was such and such, such and such, and he stops and says, oh, Jabez. Can you imagine the epitaph on his grave uh, stone? Have you ever thought about what people might write on yours? You have. Heather and I were once in England in the middle of Yorkshire somewhere searching for some relatives who are all dead in a graveyard in a place called Osmotherly. And I was walking through this graveyard and I saw this old tombstone and it says, Eli's John Smith, 14 whatever. And I turned around and I went a bit further and it says, 1520 or whatever, Eli's John Smith. And then I walked over another place and said, Eli's John Smith. And I said to Heather, oh, he's getting out of here. <laughs> Be interesting. On one gravestone, there was this, was inscribed on a dentist's gravestone. Stranger approached this spot with gravity. John Birmingham is filling his last cavity. You've got to laugh, folks. There was a headboard in the, in the Spartan diggings in California. In memory of John Smith, who met violent death, which is supposed to be violent death, but that's not what was written. Near this spot, 1842, he was shot by his own pistol, an old-fashioned barrel, uh, brass barrel. And then it says, and of such is the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> Uh, but this is what I like this one sacred to the memory in in Woolwich Cemetery in London it reads sacred to the memory of Major James Brush who was killed by the accidental discharge of a pistol by his orderly 14th of April 1831 and then underneath it says well done good and faithful servant (laughs) (laughs) but this this one coming up on the screen this is my this is one this is this is my my one of my favourites. It's on a it's on a gravestone. It reads, uh, and this was in a cemetery in uh, Indiana. Poor stranger, when you pass me by, as you are now, so once was I, as I am now, so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. Well, a passerby went by and said, "Next slide will be." To follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, dear. Well, it does us a bit of good to think about what people will say about us, yeah? And Jabez was more honourable. The answer is, I suspect he was a man who wanted all that God could give him And he was not afraid to ask God to give it to him. So here's the thing. He was born in a circumstance that his mother said that was so painful. She gave him that name, but Jabez says, you know what? I want God in my life. 
Maybe that's you here today. Maybe there are circumstances in your life that are very, very painful for whatever reason. But Jabez wanted the blessing of God in his life. And for that reason, his tombstone says he's more honourable. He's a man of prayer and he's not afraid to ask. So I'm asking us to think about as a church and as individuals about some of the lessons of his life that can help us go forward. How can we actually gain through pain? Because whether you like it or not, there will be a situation, there will be a circumstance, there will be a time, there will be a space, whatever. Very few people get through life without some pain. We don't want it. Nobody wants it. There are a whole lot of theological reasons why pain and sorrow and sin entered into the world, but the facts are that we've all got to deal with it, yeah? The older you get, the more you realise that's okay, actually, because we can come to terms with it and find that as Christ followers, we've got a better way of dealing with that than perhaps we thought was possible. So Jabez, he's a man of prayer. He's the first thing. Jabez looked beyond his circumstances to God and he sought God in prayer. And this is not half-hearted. This is full-on, this is full-on genuine believing prayer. He did not demand. He calls out to God. He calls out to the God of Israel. Did you notice that? He calls out to the God of Israel. We're connected to the God of Israel. We're connected to the God who has always been. Yes, we're connected to God Almighty, the masterful, magnificent, holy God We're connected to him. Hear that? And when we're praying, we're not praying just to an unseen God. We're praying to a God who can work miracles. And so Jabez has five requests. And the first is, he says, Oh, that you would bless me. When did you ask last in your prayer, God, would you bless me? Because sometimes we go to the lolly jar and we think we're being too greedy. But we can ask God to bless us and our families and our kids and all those associated with us. We can ask God to bless us. I love blessing. I'm an old-fashioned pastor. That's because I'm old. (laughs) But when I stand in front of you and times, and sometimes I ask you to bless one another, or we stand and we, we pray blessing, that is incredibly powerful. Blessing's meant to be given. We need to carry the blessing of God in our lives. It actually smells nice. Did you know that? The sweet fragrance of Christ in our lives permeates the rooms that we enter into and it's different from the kind of rooms where people don't follow Jesus. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with asking God, God, would you bless me? I know it sounds selfish, We've been taught not to be selfish. We can ask for God to bless us. And that's what Jabez does. He asks to be blessed. That's his desire. He wanted the blessing of God. Actually, the word is associated with kneeling and receiving. This is a desperate man. This is a man who's on his knees saying, God, would you bless me? What about a church doing that, folks? A whole church saying, we're on our knees. In the world in which we live, in the Australia in which we live, 
no particular comment about football yesterday because I didn't watch the beginning of it all. I only saw a little tiny bit of it. But there's a whole lot of stuff going on. But I just thought to myself, said to Heather, I wonder, was there a prayer saying, God, be here? We have, we have councils, we have government institutions all, all saying, we don't want the blessing of God. And I'm saying to myself, we're in deep trouble if we don't want the blessing of God. And Jabez says, I want your blessing in my life, God. And what about you personally? And then there's this extraordinary thing. The second thing is he wanted more. He says, I want my territory, my area to be enlarged. I want my border. That's an astonishing request. I want more, God. In the times of revival that has happened around the world and in latter years it's happened, but certainly some of the churches that Heather and I were leading, well, the often prayer of people was, more God, we want more of you God, more God. And people say, well, that's, that's not very theologically correct. Who cares? Here's, here's Jabez saying, I want more from you God. I want more land, I want more territory. Can I say this to you as Lobotholians, but all those of you who are visiting as well? Hey, can we pray prayers? We want this town. We want this area. We want these people to come to know Jesus around about us. Yeah? I don't want anybody going to hell. Sometimes I'm ashamed of myself when I think of the passion and the fire I had as a young Christian. And I think about some people in the life of the church who are saying, you'll calm down, mate, one day. You'll come down off cloud nine. I never have, actually. Yeah, it's a little bit more tempered, my passion. But man, will you get to know Jesus? That's so different from the rubbish that we deal with in life. Can I say to you, are you going to go home today, sometime this week, get on your knees and say, God... I need a gift of your spirit in my life because I want to be much more effective in my mission for Jesus. Would you give me a gift? Check it out. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 3 to 14. Chapter 13, the middle, of, as David Watson of yesteryear said, the honey in the sandwich. It's all there, folks. All the gifts in 12... How you use them in 14, the way we do it through love, it's all there. Bible says, pursue those gifts. This is not in my notes. That's extra time on the sermon, Beck. Fourthly, I love this. He says, keep me from harm. He's not praying about the easy life. His prayer was every bit as New Testament as we do when we say the Lord's Prayer, Heavenly Father, deliver us from evil. It's right to pray for protection. Did, you, did he in fact want God's protection? Absolutely. Do we want God's protection? Absolutely. How many times do we, do we pray that? How many times would you not know that four angels were around your car and prevented an accident happening? How do you know? Just because we can't see yet the unseen, but the unseen is there to be seeable? Does that make sense? No, but it did. When you get on your knees and you pray, Father, help me, keep me from harm, keep me from evil. 
I can tell you what, I don't want evil in my life. I don't want people welcoming evil stuff into my life. I want the church to be protected. I want our world to be protected. There's a need for us to say, keep us safe. The devil is no easy enemy. We wrestle with him, the Bible says, according to Paul. It's a fight. It's a battle. Pretty serious sermon, this, for a little old genealogy, eh? And then the remarkable thing, Jabez says, keep me from pain. How about that? Fair enough, he had had enough pain in his life. A daily reminder, everybody said his name, pain, pain, pain. He said, I don't want that to be a reminder in my life from beginning to end. He's done with suffering. Now, how are we going to apply all this stuff? Well, the Bible says this astonishing thing. God granted him what he requested. How about that? Stand up, Jabez. God granted him his request. Let's put a pause on it for a moment. If he received an answer to his prayer, if God did this for Jabez, why can't God do it for you, for me, and for his church? This is an absolute stunner. It's so powerful. God hears him. God heard him. God hears you. God hears us. God answers our prayers. And sometimes we don't press in because we've, we've kind of got this notion from some place or other that we just can't keep on asking God for things. I prayed for one particular situation for years and years and years and years and sometimes I'd be out on my prayer walk and I'd be praying, God, about this particular situation, calling out to God. And one day I stopped and I said, God, I'm always saying the same thing to you about this. And the encouragement of my Heavenly Father was just to keep praying over and over. I wasn't babbling away in prayer. I was asking God. And then one day the most astonishing answer to that prayer came. God hears our prayers even when we think he's not listening. God is always listening. God is always listening. And he's more likely to do that than we are to pray the prayers. Hallelujah, God is always listening. Do I get a hallelujah? (laughs) There's such a serious old bloke up the front here, eh? Jabez received material and physical and spiritual blessings. He asked, he received. What did Jesus say, by the way? Ask and keep on asking, knock and keep on knocking. Ask and it shall be given to you. Knock and the door shall be open to you. We sing the song, oh yeah, yeah, good song. But he wants us to do it. He wants us to keep on hammering away. He wants us to keep on knocking at the door. He's not, he's, he's, we don't have to sit back and say, we'll just take whatever happens. He's saying, no, you press into me. You lean into me. You rely on me. You push into me. That's what he's on about. And Jabez got what he wanted. I want to tell you something, folks. The day of the devil's dominance is over. It's over. It never really was. And what I love about Jabez is he triumphed through adversity, difficulty and pain. 
There's an old German commentator or two called Karl and Dalich, and they said he lived with he lived through contradiction. He did. So that's part of being Christian. There's paradox in Christian living. We don't, can't always reconcile the things that we know, but what we do know is that God says, you pray and I will answer, right? And he says that to you individually. You pray and I'll answer. You just keep on knocking. You just keep on asking. Just keep on doing it. It's an incredible thing to do. And I need this lesson in my life just as much as anybody here. See, what gets me is that Jabez probably had to grapple with his name and all that was implied by it. But what I love about this man is there's no victim mentality here. There's no whining and grumping about his circumstance and how things had turned out so badly for him or going back, if only I'd done this or they should have treated me like that. His mother used his name to remind herself of her difficult birth and Jabez lived with the consequences of her actions, but he chose not to blame. Did you hear that? So Jabez chose not to blame. You did good, half a dozen of you. Jabez chose not to blame. Isn't it astonishing we turn on the TV, the news comes and everybody's into the blame game. Somebody did wrong, blah, 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 whatever. I'm so over it. Jabez, Jabez didn't pull out the victim card. I heard Senator Jacinta Nambatinja Price say the other day that letting people become victims is not good for any human being. And she is so right. And I've seen it over and over and over and over and over and over again. When things don't go well for us, we pull out the victim card. When things don't go well for us, we pull out the blame card. It's not helpful for individual living and it's not helpful for people, for communities, and it most certainly isn't helpful for churches. And there's a better way. It's the way of Jabez, the way that where Jabez turns to God and he says, bless me, God loves his church. Secondly, expand our border. Thirdly, let your hand be with us. Fifthly, keep us safe and free us from pain. We need protection all the time. So we're going to finish up. Is this not a time where the church is called to interrupt and intervene with the greatest message of all time into the lives of ordinary people around about us? You know what? I'm pretty much done with living passive and silently. I had the privilege a week or two ago of just a, a random conversation in a random place. People are so hungry to hear some truth. And you know what? We sometimes don't push in because we're frightened, we're a little bit timid, and we're not all like John or the pastor or whoever it is, and we don't all have that gift. I get all that. I totally understand it. But I am praying that the church will rise up and interrupt the narrative in our world to say the gospel is the much better way. Yeah? Are you with me? Well, if you're with me, why don't you stand and say you're with me?
this kind of message didn't kind of turn out how I thought it would today. So if I sound like I was whatever, then you'll have to forgive me and buy me a coffee afterwards, all right? But we are followers of Jesus Christ. We are kingdom people. And we have a moment or two to pray and to consider and to say, what will I do with this? Jesus said, ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Keep on seeking and it should be given to you. Ask, seek, knock, say it. Ask, seek, knock, say it. Ask, seek, knock. Don't let others decide for you people. Don't let other people come to your life and decide how you will live as a Christian. Don't let people of the world push back and say to you, we will, we will pronounce you Christians, you lot of whatever, whatever, whatever. You decide to say, I'll push into you, God. I'm going to lean into you, Father. We are the people of transformation. See, I'm not on about a message of reformation. The Bible says we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We are transformation people. I don't preach reformation. Yes, there are all sorts of things to help us. I'm so thankful for all the things that can help us. But when you become a Christian, you are a transformed person. You're not like you used to be. And I don't want us to hold back from that. I love the illustration that old Geoffrey Bingham used to give about the grubs and the butterfly. And one grub was saying to another as they saw a butterfly flying past, you're not going to get me up in one of those things. But we're in one of those things, yeah? We transform people. I'm about done. Let's pray. Father, so, so good just to stand in your presence as everybody has done today and say, we're going to push into what you want for us right now. And pray for us firstly as a church and come back later to pray for individuals. But right now, Father, we stand as one to say, to the best of our ability, we want to be like Jabez. We want to press into all that you have for us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Would you help us? Because we know that without the empowering and the fullness and the flush of your Holy Spirit in our lives, it's just so hard. But we know, Father, that when, when you send power to us, when you begin to fill us up with the power of God, Incredible things happen. We see people coming to know who you really are. Thank you for this man who is more honourable than his brothers. Thank you for the lessons that we can lean into you, that we can push into you. We ask that in the precious name of Jesus. I'll come back in a moment or two. Let's sing together. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people, and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.